Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Each episode, we discuss a different photography subject. With my co-host Terry, we just try to make sense of some of the things we love about photography and some of the things that we don't love as much. Come join us. Welcome to this edition of Photo Mission Focus. Um, and I've got Terry back with me. Welcome back, Terry. Hi, thank you. Um, nice to be back. <laughs> nice to be back. Back in the chair. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Terry, this is kind of, I think, something close to your heart as well. We're going to talk about um, knowing your worth as a photographer. It's something I think everyone has to get to that point sometimes to understand, you know. What... Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel it's something that's it's a very personal journey as a as a photographer, whether you're a professional or an amateur, um, and some people kind of recognise their worth a lot quicker than others. <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's definitely really important when it comes to especially running a business because it's all, um, it's all intertwined with how you charge, how you value yourself as a professional, how you um, see yourself as an expert in the field as well. So I think there's lots of different attributes that go into knowing your worth as a photographer. I think one of the, the biggest challenges and one of the biggest problems that people have is they, un- they actually undervalue themselves. Absolutely. And when you undervalue yourself, there's so many other things that come with that. You're undervaluing your time, you're undervaluing the cost that it is to yourself and your business. And you may also be undercharging, which can be yep. quite a dangerous slope to get into. Look, at, and it is, it's one of those strange things that um, sometimes actually increasing your prices can actually get you better jobs. Absolutely. It can push you up into, depending on, on the quality of your work, of course, um, it can push you into a bracket where you're actually obtaining the demographic that you're after and it can get you better quality jobs in, in terms of people that understand your value yep. and trust you as a professional. I think it's quite easy when you're first starting off to you grab anything, that yeah. any job that comes along is a job so you think yep. I'll, I'll do it. Um, yeah. But at some point you have to get to the point where you're, actually kind of do become a bit more selective yeah in the stuff that you do because yeah your time is valuable absolutely and we were talking just before mm. we started this about even just your downtime yes if you can outsource something yes that gives you time to take a bit of a break absolutely and have a breather yeah yeah and that can be really difficult to identify where you can outsource especially when you're starting a business uh, in the photography field it it's kind of, it's a tough one. It's like, do you have enough money to outsource? And sometimes the answer is no, but sometimes it's the lesser of two evils. Like if, if you were to outsource work, it could mean that you could bring in work by putting in more work yes, into yep. administration or into marketing or into yep. advertising and anything like that. What, what people don't realise is that they actually outsource all the time in life. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if your car needs servicing, do you, Mechanic. Do, you get, do you get the overalls on and spanners out? Oh, I have been known to. <laughs> <laughs> Desperate times. Desperate times. But for the for the main part, you're going to take it to... Someone who knows what they're doing. Someone who knows yeah. what they're doing because yeah. it's better for them to do it quicker and cheaper yeah. than sometimes if you tried to, to do something. And I think yeah, there's a lot of things. And I think, yeah, look, editing in photos is one of those things where yeah. it's, it's quite a laborious task. Yes, um, yes. And like, and the other thing is I, I don't know that it's actually that good for your soul. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy editing... The first batch of, of photos um, whenever I'm doing any work, whether it be a wedding, a fashion shoot or anything like that, um, I always love the first 30 or 40 edits yep. 
then after that it, it can be quite laborious. Well, it can. that's right. It can become, even, even if you're using, if you're batch processing in Lightroom yeah. or something like that, but, but each photo you need to kind of scan Still over. Still need to do a bit of a tweak with and yeah. I'm starting to realise that I need to put more time into my edits to, to yep. get better quality work out. But yep. also I'm starting to understand that there is a value in outsourcing that work as well. Yep. So I'm I'm quite excited to potentially look in the future and outsource some editing. Well, I think the thing is, that, I mean, there's other things in, in photography when you get to that point too. I mean, marketing, mm. there's a whole range of different mm. stuff that you can actually outsource because you can't be an expert at everything. No, there's so many hats that you have to wear these days. You have to be an expert marketer. You yep. have to be an expert in social media. You've got to know about photography in all aspects, technical, creative, the whole lot. You've yep. got to be a business person. There's too many hats for one person to, to wear, to be honest. And I think you've got to identify what your strengths are. That's right. You know, work out what you're really good at. And, yes. And, and so you can say, look, I've got this. I'm going to do this part of my business. Yeah. These other areas here, I find that maybe my time is better spent doing other stuff. Yes. Um, and outsource. And it's, it, is a, it is a hard um, point to get into, like to get to that point. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I've been in business myself for a long, long time and it took me a mm. long time to realise um, sometimes like I just felt like I had to like work, you know, get up 7 o'clock, work to 7 o'clock at night because your business, you got to work yeah. these hours. Yeah. And if you kind of came 4 o'clock and go, yeah, I'm really tired, I should go home, you think, no, I can't because that's kind of, yeah. it's kind of like I'm cheating someone. But, but you're not because it's, it's your business, your yeah. rules. Yeah. I know. And it, it's kind of <laughs> It's kind of funny that you actually feel guilty about yeah. not working. It's it's really true. I, I can relate to that feeling as well. When when it might be two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm sitting down to have my first break, and my partner comes home around about that time of day. So it's it sometimes it's like, oh, uh, I'm just having a break. I'm really working. So there's that guilt associated with yes. not keeping a nine to five like the rest of the world does. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. something. That's something. It's that's in your head. That's something you need. Yeah. you've got to actually work through yes. yourself, and you've got to work out. Okay, it's okay to take a break. It's yeah, all, it's I don't have to be working nose to the grindstone. 12, yeah, twelve hours a day. That's right, and and you choose when you have that time off. For example, I had yesterday off, which was a Tuesday. Yep, it was the first whole day that I have had off in in a couple of months, and. Yeah, it was. I pre-warned lots of people beforehand. I said, "I'm I'm not working tomorrow. I've got a day off." Yep. But work still came in, and the guilt associated with not being able to deal with that work at the time it came in was really tough. It's like, oh, I need a day off. So I tried really hard to put it to a side. Yep. And I think it's it's the other thing that's very difficult when you work for yourself. Typically, you're working from home. Mm. So mm. there's not a nine to five. It's not like an office that you're coming mm. and going from. Yeah, yeah. And and I noticed I, you know, for many many years I ran my business from home. So yeah. So after dinner you'd slip back into the desk and you'd, and then yeah. and then before you knew it was eleven o'clock. Yes. And yes, I've been through those those. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't think there's any awards for people that are working. Yep. And I think if you get your late. if you can grow your business to the point where you can actually operate out of a another premises yeah and it was a big leap of faith to be able to sign a lease on a building yes. like i remember i signed had to sign a three-year lease <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh gosh am i still going to be photographing in three years that's what i would have you thinking <laughs> so it's, it's it is it is one of those leaps of faith yeah and as it turns out now the building that we're sitting in now we own it we bought it we own it outright amazing and i'm glad we made that break but it was really yeah. difficult it wasn't it wasn't easy decision kept 
kind of, I suppose, doubting that, you know. Yeah. And I, I guess that's a really good example as well. You recognise it was worth your worth as a business owner to take that leap as well. It was you're going to take it into a different establishment and also it helps you disconnect. Yes, and that's the big thing. The big thing was moving the business from home to a business. You got in the car in the morning and you went to work. Yes. And when you left work, you came home and you're now at home. Yeah. And over a period of time, there was elements of work were still at home, but then I've moved all the elements of work to work. Yeah. So there's yeah. No, so if someone, so, you know, if I wanted to do something at home for work, I don't have it there. Yeah. So the temptation's not there. Yeah, I've I've tried to do a few things, something similar in the last few weeks. I've been taking my work to a cafe or somewhere yes. external from the house, and I'm finding I'm so much more productive. Yep. And I'm getting a lot more done. Well, well, sometimes people have you know run their business from a spare room in the house. Yeah, that's what I'm currently doing at the moment. You, you know, you can close the door, <laughs> and, and it's business hours are over. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. But Netflix is in the other room. <laughs> that's, it, but that's why you close the door and you put this that's sign true. up saying closed until tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, that 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 helps people, even in their working in their own you know um, home. Mm. Closing the door can be the that symbol that the office is now closed. Yeah, and it's really good as well to kind of communicate non-verbally to everybody else that you are actually working. Yes. Please do not disturb. <laughs> so, yeah, I can relate to that one. <laughs> so I think it's, look, um, understanding your worth is if you don't get to the point of understanding it at some mm. point, mm. you're going to fail. And I, I think the biggest thing that, that I did for myself is there's a lot of internal talk that happens inside my head. It's a bit crazy and chaotic sometimes. But the biggest thing I said to myself was those people that are taking advantage of me because I don't understand my worth as a photographer, they don't care if I can't pay my bills. Yes, yep. People can, people can be very, um, how would I say, you know, um, greedy. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like sucking people up and u- using people. Absolutely. And, and, and that, no, yeah. no regard for... No, and I think if you don't understand your value, it's easier for people to do that because yes. you you are not communicating what you are worth, whether it be monetary or whether it be your experience or whether it be your qualifications. And I think it's really important that you detail that in some way, shape or form. But it's also it's an attitudinal thing as well, I think. Yep. Um, and it is. It's, it's so important in, in the photographic industry that you understand your worth. Because if you don't, yep. you'll get taken advantage of, and you may not succeed. Yep. And I think just recently you've you've done a bit of an adjustment to some of your pricing. I have, yeah. yeah. And and I intentionally pulled my prices back in the hope that I would book because there is there's a bit of a um, bit of an oversaturation in the market that I'm in at the moment with wedding photography. So I trialed pulling my prices back, thinking that I would be able to book. Yes. And it didn't work. It didn't it's a, work. It actually, it, it's actually... Um, it was counterproductive. It it's counterproductive yeah. because what it does is it drags down the worth of photography, That's unfortunately. Right. That's exactly right. We, we want everyone to put their price... Every every photographer who's listening should put their prices up. Absolutely, I agree. Even if it's just by $100, yep. you know, it's it, things have changed in the last 12 months. Fuel, price of fuel has gone up, you know, electricity and utilities have changed. Well, it, cost of living. Yeah. Everything, like you said, everything has gone up. So if yep. you're renting, your rent's probably gone up yeah if you're probably um paying a mortgage yes your mortgage might be at low interest rates but your rates and your electricity and your other utility bills they aren't coming down no no and i I really feel for 
for anyone who has low prices and they're really struggling to support themselves full time. Um, I know that there's a lot of photographers out there that have full-time jobs already and do shoot part-time and it's not necessarily such an issue for them. Yep. Um, they don't rely on the finances like I guess a lot of us do and I, I apologise if I've offended anyone by saying that but um, when you're a full-time photographer, it is so detrimental that you charge effectively and you charge correctly Yes. Yep. in the industry and not just for your own sake but for those around you that are professional photographers that have worked hard to get to where they are. Yep. I think there's sometimes people will shell out money to certain professions because they instantly recognise, oh, well, they're, you know, they're a lawyer or they're mm. a you know, doctor mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and they'll charge this, this big fee. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's based on what they're worth. Like they're, yeah. they understand what they're worth yeah. and what value they bring to the proposition. Yeah. And same as, as a photographer, you've got to understand what value you bring for your client. Yeah. And then you charge accordingly. Absolutely. And I, I'm by saying this, I'm not, not implying that I'm better than anyone else out there at all. But I went to university and studied, did a few years of university to get to where I am. Um, and it's not the case nowadays. Not everybody has to do that. But there's still... But you took, I mean, the thing about it is you, did, you took time to learn the craft. Absolutely. So you, you, you basically did a lot of legwork yeah. for no pay. That's right. Right? So, but, but that's given you... The advantage that's given you over, say, someone who hasn't studied, mm. it has given you some insights into some other things, yes. right, which helps you be more proficient yeah. and professional at what you do. Yeah. I'm not saying that you have to go to university to no, become a photographer not. because that's not the so case. There are so many resources out there. <laughs> because there's so many amazing photographers who haven't studied anything. Yeah. But they, it's the way you apply yourself as a photographer. That's right is to how successful you're going to be. That's exactly right, yeah. And that investment that you've made in yourself to become. Yeah, so I think that's really important. It is, it is. And like I said, I think sometimes, like I said, um, sometimes it's worthwhile looking at some of the other photographers around you mm-hmm. and just go to their websites and look at the prices they're charging. Mm-hmm. Please do not send out fake inquiries. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery shopping. Yeah, don't mystery shop. Just tell them you want to have a look at their prices, the amount of time you waste on Well, there's a lot a lot of, lot of photographers shoppers. will actually have that. Yeah. You can go in and look at their pricing. I put mine on my website now yeah. because I, I was I was so frustrated with dealing with empty inquiries and then recognising that they were potentially price shoppers because yes. they were either other photographers or people that were just looking for prices. I, I think, the, you know, people, people are going to have a preconceived idea how much they're going to spend on their photography. Mm-hmm. Like if... if so if they come across your website and they see your prices there very clearly mm. and they decide that you're too expensive for them, mm-hmm. then they're going to move on. And that's actually saved you money. Absolutely. It saved me time. It saved me money. It means I can focus on with. people that, that are invested in the product that they're purchasing. Yep. Yeah. So someone who does make an inquiry has seen your prices, obviously probably a serious Yes. Client, potential potential client. Yeah, yeah. And I find that a lot of the inquiries I get through uh, Facebook or Instagram are not necessarily uh, quality inquiries. They're really just after pricing and that's as far as it goes. Yep. They get the price list and move on. I think the, th- the thing is like people do, sometimes like photographers on those things where people don't understand it. So they they, yeah. they, they do shop around, get the prices. And, and I think the perception is, is until someone has had some bad photographer, like a photographer shoot something and, Given them really poor results, mm-hmm. and they realise they got what they paid for. Mm. That they and because there's, I remember another photographer saying, people only know what they they know. Yeah, exactly. So they don't know necessarily 
what a good photographer should bring to the table. That's right. But that's yeah. part of your job. That's exactly right. To convey that to the, to convey that to them, what yeah. you can what you can bring to the table. Yeah. That maybe someone else can't bring. And spending time educating people so they understand what they're purchasing. Yes. So if you were to go and purchase a car, you wouldn't just go and buy the red one. Yes. You would do some research. You'd, yep. you'd want the red one that goes fast. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and it came with four wheels and not three wheels. Yeah, and the only way you're going to find out that information is by asking the salesperson. So it's it's understanding your worth and that, that salesperson would understand the worth of that car. Yes. And that's what they would tell you. Exactly. And look, and you might, I mean, you might need a sedan or you might need a ute or whatever, but understanding what you're going to use it for is obviously going to dictate ultimately what you purchase absolutely and it's a bit like you know um, photography is that wedding photographers um people who do you know have and have done wedding photography for a while have a unique skill set mm-hmm. the skill set say that a person who say just shoots real estate very different very different very skill different. set and it's not yeah. it's not saying that that they're a lesser photographer no but the market they work in very different they Houses use different don't skills talk back <laughs> Yeah, different. I do love me some real estate. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty enjoyable because there's no, 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 nothing talks back. The, the room doesn't go back. Oh, you've got my bad angle. Oh no, they don't. Because <laughs> the room could talk, you'd be in trouble. Oh, I know. Probably look would be. Done. Look at you done. You made me look really fat. You haven't shown the good room. <laughs> well, did you shoot me for? Did you shoot me for fish-eyed lens? I don't yes. look like that. <laughs> Not really this big. No. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is 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 understanding that so. Looking for a wedding photographer, obviously you want someone who's shot a few weddings. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the people who are getting into it and, like, we know that everyone has to start somewhere. Yeah. And I think the people who do well is that do start somewhere who do shot, shoot weddings, they start shooting maybe as a second shooter. Yeah. And get some experience of shooting weddings. Yes. But they're not the prime photographer. Yeah, and please, if there's anyone out there interested in doing weddings, I encourage you to do second shooting first. Yes, to give you that to give you that insight. Yeah. And probably second shoot with a number of photographers and yeah. and, and so much you can learn from everybody. Pick, pick, pick their pick their style and pick the things that they do and and you know what you don't have to do everything they do but take the things that you think will work yeah. for you. Yeah. Cuz everyone's got their own way of doing things. Absolutely, and some photographers are incredible communicators and some of them sit back and just watch and they're both skills that are really valuable when it goes to shooting any event or anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one of the key things to, being a photographer is to be a communicator. Absolutely. You have to be able to communicate with your client. Yeah. If you don't communicate properly. And I think also is is another valuable tool is to know when not to communicate as well. Like I find that's Yep. Yeah, there's so much to know. Yeah. So much to know. And I think knowing people is a really valuable skill. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think look, whenever you're doing something that, that's like something that you haven't done previously, just sitting in and being able to observe mm-hmm. someone else doing it, you can pick up so much. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like watching a tradie do something. Yeah. You know, laying tiles and you look, yeah. oh, okay, look, oh, they're doing that. Okay. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Because I love watching other <laughs> photographers work. <laughs> well, that's it. So you can, and you can take, sometimes you can take away little, oh, that's really. Yeah. Yeah. And I always watch what their fingers are doing on the camera to try and figure out if they're using the same, um, if they do things the same way as me. I used to be fascinated by people that would meter through the lens. Yes. Back in the day when I didn't quite know what I was doing, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they metering off? What are they metering off? You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I think, look, finding your worth as a photographer is a really, really important thing to do. Mm. Um, and I think, like I said, a lot of people, it, it takes some time to get to that point. Yeah. But I think it's something that you should always be striving to do. And even, even if you kind of work out 
if you sit down and give yourself a bit of a like a uh, checklist of things that you've done so that the amount of time you've studied yes the amount of shoots that you've done yeah and you kind of start building up this kind of body of you know how much you've invested yeah how much of your time have you invested yeah in the art of photography yeah and that's even if you see yourself a little, worth something. little goal list as well, I will put my prices up when I have shot five or, well, not five, maybe, maybe 10, 15, 20, yep. 20 weddings, then I'll put my prices up. Or if you're doing model shoots or if you're doing family shoots, do a good 20, 30 of them and then put your prices up. Yep. Maybe get some, some additional coaching or mentoring and put your prices up. Like yep. I think it's really important to put, to create incremental changes for your pricing structure to know your worth and even continually investing in yourself so well, you're bettering. Well, you're actually – that personal development side of things mm. is, is you're, you're always going ongoing personal development. Yeah. You're always learning yeah. new stuff because things are changing. Absolutely. Um, and like, you know, you quite often you're upgrading gear so you've got to kind yeah. of learn a new camera. I think you've just upgraded. Yeah, well, kind of a, a – Low grade upgrade, yeah. Low grade upgrade. <laughs> Low grade. Incremental upgrade, I'm calling it. Instrument. So, yeah. But but it's something new you have to learn now. Yeah, absolutely. So you can get proficient and be comfortable using that yeah. gear. I've only used used this particular body a few times and I know that there's still so much that it can do. I've even considered actually hiring, hiring someone to take me out to show yes. me how to use my gear because I would – I would prefer to pay someone for their time because that's understanding their worth as well. Exactly. And that's, but that's understanding your worth that that, yep. that if you're going to go and stumble around for every weekend trying to use the new camera and, and get proficient at yep. it. Or pay someone to teach me everything and, I and need And fast to track it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And really I think, important. But that's, that's something a lot of people struggle that sometimes – you're investing – when you went to university, what happened? Did you, you, you had to pay to go to university. Oh, thousands upon thousands So you thousands. Inv- So you – that was an investment in yourself. Yeah. That money that you spent, you were investing in you. And it wasn't at the uni bar, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> that was where your disposable income went. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but understanding your worth is, like I said, an understanding what you've done prior to getting mm. to that point for photography mm-hmm. and then price accordingly. Like you mm. need to, to do that. Mm. So. Yeah, absolutely. So hope, hopefully this has been helpful for photographers to kind of get their head around this one because it is a it is a it is a hard one to get your head around sometimes. Yeah, it's and I think there's so many factors that can can derail it. Yes, and I think sometimes like people worry about if they charge too much, they're not going to get any business. Well, just suck it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I kind of think yeah. you know if you don't get business, it's like okay, so we'll maybe pull it back a bit. But yeah, you've got to kind of find it. You've got to try and find that happy medium where you're yeah. getting you're bringing some work in. But you're being um, paid correctly. Exactly. And you may not get as many jobs, but you're getting better quality jobs that are yep. paying you. And, and that helps you kind of build your confidence to be able to ask, you know, extra money because you're providing these extra skills that That's you've got. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you can always change them. Just don't devalue yourself by putting prices down. Exactly. All right, Terry. Yeah. Been great chatting. Thanks. Um, hope you like this edition. If you. Um, have an idea for another subject, drop that in the comments. Or if you like this one, drop a comment. We'd be happy to hear from you. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Steve. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a comment. Or if you have a suggestion for a subject for our next show, also leave that in the comment as well. Thanks for listening.